You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 561, brought to you by Loot Crate. Be the envy of your friends and get 100% exclusive crates at lootcrate.com iFanboy and enter the code iFanboy to save $3 off any new subscription. And iFanboy listeners just like you. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor, the rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows. Hello and welcome to the iFanboy Pick Week Podcast, episode 561. My name is Ron Richards and I'm making my triumphant return, joined by Mr. Josh Flanagan. What's what's so triumphant about it? Yeah, I, I showed up. Um, I mean... <laughs> considering considering the uh, the tone of, considering the tone of last week's episode, I do enjoy the irony that Connor Kilpatrick is out on assignment. So <laughs> vacationing, no less, yeah. or whatever he's doing. I don't know. He's like an assistant <laughs> on a work trip. I don't know. <laughs> so it just uh, uh, an adjusted to jamokes. I'm doing my best to get to my jamoke status with Josh here. So uh, oh, we'll, we'll work on it. We'll see what we can don't. Do. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> don't, don't. We are iFanboy, and we like comics. Every week, we look for a little bit of escapism, and we read a stack of comics, and one of us picks our favorite book, and we call that the pick of the week, and then we come back here for a little more escapism to talk about that book, other books, other stuff. We might read some of your email. We're going to give you some, give a couple people some dumb powers. That's always fun. Um, whole point is to smile and have fun. Uh, quick spoiler warning. This is a review show. Uh, we're going to give away what happened in the books as we talk directly about them, so if you haven't read your comic books, you might want to press pause and come back or just be warned as you listen uh this week josh had the pick uh and josh tell us about your pick of the week well i wasn't so excited about comics this week <laughs> or, or anything i was like or anything well no i just was like oh i have to read all these and and i thought all right and i read them i'm getting through a couple of them and i'm like yeah these are comics this is fine whatever and i was really hoping for one of those picks that just said you, you just oh that was it because I didn't have the energy to put into thinking about it. And very luckily and pretty much by chance, um, uh, it was the Avengers 1.1 by Mark Wade and Barry Kitson. Now, I didn't know what this was. <laughs> and, and I, and I, w- I was surprised because isn't our immediate reaction to any point one point book in Marvel is immediate derision? Well, listen, yes, but listen. So – in the comicsology description, it says written by Mark Wade, art by Mike Del Mundo. You might remember Mike Del Mundo as as having done the Weird World uh, mini and then the series. Yes, and then he did Avengers number one that came out last week. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, he didn't draw this. <laughs> He's not involved with it in any way. It's a comicsology mistake. Right. <laughs> but it turns out that it was Mark Wade and Barry Kitson doing a flashback. Uh, early Avengers story, j- j- exactly in the mold of their JLA Year One, uh, which they did long ago. Yep. So that's actually better than Mike Del Mundo, who is well, great. Yeah. yeah, and Mike Del Mundo did a great job on Avengers Number One uh, last week. I wasn't here to talk about it, but I thought that was very good. But yeah, when when you said when you told me like Avengers One Point One, and I was like, "Ooh, Wayne Kitson," and then I started reading it, and I was like, "Oh, this is this." Yeah. Yeah, and, and don't don't tell me that wasn't what I needed this week. No, that's what I thought. <laughs> I mean, it's some it's some hardcore comic book superhero forty year old guy comfort food. It's <laughs> so what we've got here is um, I've, I've aged myself a few months already because it's rounder. Um, what we've got here is a story that takes place just after the initial Avengers arc when um, when the original sort of four Avengers Thor, Iron Man, Hulk, Giant Man, Wasp, five. Um, they say, all right, we're not going to do this. You, you take it, Cap. Because Cap shows up in issue four of the Avengers, yep. I think, originally. And so Cap gets stuck with this sort of team of uh, ex-Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, and uh, newly reformed criminal Hawkeye. Uh, and they don't gel so well. And we just zoom in on this, the stuff that would have been happening in between the panels when, when uh, Stan and Jack did it. 
so this is really, I mean, like, it's funny because this is pretty much Spider-Man chapter one-ing this story. It's a it's modern... JLA year one. Well, no, JLA year one, right? No, but I mean, but I'm talking about Spider-Man chapter one, which is, that was the John Byrne, yeah. you know, t- kind of doing uh, the early Spider-Man uh, stories, but mo- in modern day. And that's what basically, and I guess that's what JLA year one, was, although, but I, I feel like, I don't feel like JLA, the, J, the Wade Kitson JLA thing was bringing it, you know, building a gap to the JLA story to the modern era. I think it was just telling that story in an evergreen, timeless manner. Well, whereas this was definitely, we're going to do this and you get a sense that this is the past, but it's still kind of in the now. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's, right. it's, well, the problem, the thing about chapter one is that I immediately was like, no, just because it sucked. Right. Yeah. True. Right. Yes. It was like, it was one of the first comics that as an adult, I got angry about. I was like, how stupid do they think I am? Right. Where this wasn't that. This was, I mean, this was Clint and Steve bickering with each other like the old days right. where, where, where Clint is not self aware. He's cocky and he, and, and, you know, Captain America still knew. Yep. really to the to the world and, and uh there's just a ton of conflict going on between them all and then there's this i mean it's it's pretty childish you know like the the frightful four are watching it, i don't it, know a black and white projection on a giant tv i'm not sure it re- it really it really punctuates how silly the early 60s marvel yeah. stuff was i mean just looking at the frightful four as a team where it's like medusa who then goes on to become one of the inhumans and is a good guy sandman who's a spider-man villain you know the the uh, the the the, uh, the trapster you know like it's just like these like there's no reason for this group to be together and they go and they attack In a they go and they attack the new Avengers just because they can. Yeah. <laughs> Why are they in a cabin in the woods? I don't know. <laughs> it's literally a log cabin <laughs> in one room. <laughs> it's yeah, no, it's and then there's no like um, these are all period correct costumes. There's no like updating. It. It's just it is what it is. But now it's Mark Wade writing it and Barry Kitson drawing it. Um, and it was super fun. And I was so glad when I got to the end that there's more. Yeah. I don't know how many issues this is going to be. Also, a uh, genuine uh, uh, um, vintage letter column. Yes. Yeah, the, the original letter column from uh, issue four or five, right? Full, full on with, with addresses. Yeah. Are those still clear? <laughs> is that okay still? <laughs> they put the whole address so you could write to that guy. This is, this is really weird because I don't know why they're doing this. And I, I'm I not questioning care. it. Yeah, I don't care. Much like the Flintstones, maybe I don't want to know. But like, admittedly, we're not, you know, as cutting edge on the everyday, the the comics news to see what's going on. But to a certain degree, I try to keep an eye on things. We do get emails. I I did not know this existed. I don't know where this came I from. I know, but yeah. that's what was that was that was part and parcel of what was so great about it this week. Yeah. <laughs> like I just was like, what the what is? All right, I'll take a look at it. Like it's it's it was a mistake that I even looked at it, <laughs> and I don't know why they did it either because it doesn't fit in with Marvel's publishing ethos at all right now. Right, right. It's weird. Yep. And wonderful. <laughs> it's like it's like, like uh, Hawkeye fighting and and like Quicksilver and Scarlet just go. Nah, we should. Why don't we just go? No, yeah. let's not. Go. You know what? Maybe we should go. Nah. Oh, it's just. It and, really is. All that that wonderful dysfunction from the '60s. Yeah, and it's funny because I I, I I had lunch with a friend of mine today who works is you know cursorily in the in, in the comics industry, and we were just talking about the state of comics, and I, I was describing it um, as I've often described it on the show, uh, particularly when talking about DC, and that we're in the you know have your cake and eat it too phase of comics. Right. Where it's just like, okay, well, we're just going to do this because we want to and who cares, you know, like and I feel like this is Marvel's little bit of have your cake and eat it, too, because what you've got is you've got Avengers and you've got Hydra Cap Steve and you've got Falcon Sam Cap and you've got, Mm -hmm. you know, multiple Hawkeyes and stuff like that. And that's great for a certain audience. But you specifically as an audience is a little disillusioned and a little, you know, not really digging it. So, okay, here's this, which is everything that you've enjoyed. Right? My, my, I thing is I wouldn't have enjoyed this 15 years ago. Yeah. I would have been like, I don't get this is stupid, right. but now total. My guess is that like Tom Brevoort was like, can we just do this for me? Right. right. Like he just had like a breakdown one day. <laughs> Cause this is what he really wanted. Um, Cause I can't think of anybody else left there who for me, just do it yeah. for me. <laughs> for me. 
Uh, yeah, it definitely. I mean, looks great. Kitson, you forget how great Kitson is. Kitson's smooth, and it really is one of those like um, an artist that sort of melds time frames. Like he, he's he's modern and and uh, not modern at the same time. Right, timeless. Yep, totally. You know, just classic, and like it's a clean look, and it's you know a Mark Farmer on inks made it made, like yeah. There is an Al, There's definitely an Alan Davis sheen to it feel to it right yeah like it was the kind of thing where as i read it i went back to the credits to be like oh who's working on this right you know yeah yeah um yeah it was the, it was fun it was a delight i mean like it's a story that we've read already in okay in, in, in middle in the snow in the middle in the 60s and it's and it's and it's done in a classic way to bring it current but also still have that you get the sense that it takes place in the past and um i don't know i laughed when cap asked jarvis if there was a block of ice he could climb into I thought that was funny. <laughs> I laughed when Hawkeye ordered uh, lobster thermidor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or just lobster, just well, lobster. <laughs> so um, yeah, no, it was good, and it's it's nice that it was a little bit of a a salve for what else yeah this week. I, I was glad. Yeah, no, was it, it was it. it was exactly the right thing. Did you did you know about this before I told you to read it? Uh, no, I had well, so no, I I I. I, I had downloaded it because I saw Avengers and Wade and I just thought it was the next Avengers book. And oh. then I went back and looked at it. And when you told me and I was like, oh, OK, yeah. So then it made sense. Then I read it and cool. I was like, oh, OK, cool. So, um, so if you're old and cranky like me, <laughs> tell you what. I, I mean, but it's just good. It's just good comic books. I mean, Wade, it, Wade, it is. Wade and Kitson are a great team and I would love to see them. I would love to see them do a run of Avengers even now, you know, like it wouldn't, it doesn't have to be retro-y like this sort of thing, but it's just, it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they, they go well together. Scarlet Witch's headpiece makes no sense. N- it never did. Is no, it, I is know, it, but like. Is it a headband? Is it a, like, what is it? It's like a, is it, is there, is there stiffened felt? Is it like a hat? Is there cardboard in there? Can she hear? Like there's just. <laughs> is it like, is it like a over the head thing? Or mm-hmm. is it just an over the face thing? Yeah. Like, oh, where does it where does it attach? Right. Yeah, like exactly. where does it stable? We're making we're going after Kirby right now. Just so you're still so <laughs> yeah, clear. Oh yeah, just be warned. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I don't feel comfortable with. But like her hair peeks through on the top. Right. Is there like is it like you know you know when ladies have those dresses that they stick so that they don't yes. fall over? Yes. You know? Is it like that? Like on her forehead? When ladies have those dresses that stick. I was trying to be respectful. <laughs> uh, fair enough. I picked up on it. So. <laughs> I didn't want to say boobs. <laughs> well, it's a mystery for the ages. Comic books, you know, where weird hair pieces work. Yep. So. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Somebody had a thing for redheads uh, in the 60s, by the way. <laughs> this is just occurring to me now. <laughs> oh, I see Jack Kirby's fetish. I don't know why it wasn't so clear. <laughs> You're just realizing that now. Awesome. <laughs> Scarlet Witch. Look uh, at Medusa. Yeah, I know. We got a question later that this is going to apply to really well. Oh, excellent. All right, then. <laughs> I just got excited. All right. <laughs> so how about that Riri? Uh, Invincible Iron Man number one, Bendis and Stefano Caselli with the new uh, the new, uh, the new, new era in Iron Man history with Riri Williams. Um, I thought this wasn't that bad. I thought this was all right. I mean, like, yeah. if I, I feel... I. I I mean, I know that I, w- I wasn't reading the book that she was introduced in, the Iron Man book that she was introduced I was, in. but I – this is what you were saying before is that everything felt a little out of order. Yes. Like it felt like that happened before this, and so like there was the big news story. Like here's the new Iron Man. I was like, I know. She showed up in the other book. Right. Like, yeah. Like it was – the rollout is – the rollout on everything has been weird. Yes, very weird. It feels very uncoordinated for introducing big new characters, but yeah. whatever. But that said, if you are not aware of any of that and hadn't read it or, you know, isn't – aren't affected by any of that stuff um, – this is a great first issue. Introduced the character, gave me, you know, like it. It doesn't even say what happens to Tony Stark at the end of Civil War Two. Uh, it just says Tony Stark's not around anymore, and you know, and it just it's it, much like Miles Morales, you know, whether you know intended or not. Um, it's just very, you know, kind of a youthful energy into the concept yeah. of an Iron Man. Right. It is a little plug and play in its yeah. overall concepts. Yep. And it's the same guy doing it, so it feels the same. Yeah. You know. Um, where he's like the de facto like like white guy who can write minority kids for Marvel, right? And so, but it, but you know, all that being said, it, it's good. I've I've I haven't minded her when she's shown up in other things. I like her story. I think the thing in the park was a little on the nose. Yeah, like we're all having a, a picnic, 
and then there's a there's a you know a drive by shooting. Yes. And everybody gets shot, and I was like, I, I don't even, I don't think you needed to do that, right? To get the character to where she is. Yeah, like I, I, I kind of agree. Killed? I yeah. don't think that was necessary. Yeah, I kind I, 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 that did not sit well with me, and actually, I wasn't sure why. And I think you just summed it up there, and that I don't think you needed to go that heavy with it. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, um, or, or I mean, if you, or if you're gonna do the great tragedy thing, right? You know, do it different. Do it better. I mean, it's it's almost as if it's almost as if it's taking the Spider-Man motivation and applying it to this character. When I would have almost preferred to have seen a more of a legacy Iron Man origin. Well, it was a little of that because it was like yeah. her stepdad at the same time, and he had his parents killed. But yeah. she's got to have her mom. I don't know. I just it didn't seem. I mean, I know I know it's hard to take a super genius teenage girl and have her be captured by terrorists in another country and live in a cave and have to build a set of armor. I get that, but you don't need to do the, you know, you know, death of someone close here's, as a motivator. Yeah. Well, here's what I think. Yeah. I think, I think maybe they wanted to have her have a single mother, but they didn't want to have the stereotypical. She doesn't have a father cause he's black and isn't there or something. Right. So they had to change it around a little bit, which kind of makes sense too. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It just, it felt, uh, add-on. It, it didn't, wasn't necessary. Yeah. Um, it, I really like the design. Go ahead. You can, you can uh, talk for no, a minute. No, no. I, I was going to say, I agree with you. And you were saying you'd like the design of the costume or? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like how it's bulky and blocky. I, and- I, I, yeah. I was going to say, I like how after the progression of Tony Stark with Iron yeah. Man with the suit, which is a liquid metal that lives in his spine, yes. like, like all this sort of stuff, it's nice to see a clunky you know, very mechanical, and, and that's then that's even the and, gist of the conclusion of the issue is that yeah. the 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 armor is not smart; it has no you know operating system. It's just all mechanical, you know. And yeah. then conveniently, the Tony Stark AI appears on her doorstep, which which and, was and, a, a little much. But uh, you know what? There's been this idea of an AI talking in your head, and yeah. if I was to be writing this, and who would that be? He's the most obvious choice, and it's right. a way to again, it's a way to have your cake and eat it too. You're, you know, yep. you're on that. Is that we we got rid of him, but here he is. Yep. Um, when when her little a she looks like a transformer, and at first I thought yeah, and then I thought no, totally makes sense. She's a kid. Yeah, that's what it would look like when those things fly off her hands and it leave left her arms and hands exposed. I was like no, no, that's a, right. that's a terrible idea. <laughs> um, it's pretty good though. I you know, yeah. and this is. He writes a, a good comic. It was book. a good start, good. and and the Stefano Caselli art was was he's, solid. Yeah, he's really come a long way. I remember yeah. not being excited about him in the past. Yeah, but I thought this was really good. He he's he turned into a Bendis artist, is what he turned into. Yeah, you know he handled that because not everybody I think can handle that in the same way. And you'll see a through line of the guys that Bendis works with, guys and girls. Um, and he fit into that. I thought. Yeah, yeah. and this, I feel like this is a week of uh, a very good Italian artists as a. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Green Valley number two by Max Landis and uh, Giuseppe Camacoli uh, arrived at our doorstep. Uh, what a weird book! I like it. I didn't, that's I, that's not a complaint. Like it's just a weird book. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a weird book. I really like the first issue. This issue brought the pace way down to the point yeah. when I finished it, I was like, "That's it." Like I that's felt a, it, it was. It felt like a very a completely different tone than the first issue. And it was yeah 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 like like it, like it, uh, it was it felt it it almost felt incomplete you know like it, mm-hmm. it uh, like I, I when I when I read it I was like am I missing pages like what what happened here but I get it I mean like we got we got established in the first issue and then and now it's Shook a year a year later yeah and we see you know we see you know the the, the main characters and they're they're at their breaking point and now they have a purpose again and and we go off to Green Valley where magic lives and and it's like it definitely is touching the inner D and D kid inside of me. Yeah, I was kind of excited that it wasn't going to be a magic thing. Yeah, but it isn't in such a way that really bothers me that much. I guess we'll see what happens and where it goes. But right. yeah, no, like uh, it's not even fantasy. I think when you talk about this kind of like, I was just like, yeah, let's do knights and swords and horses. Right. You know, I, almost like that Brian Wood thing. I guess is what what it would have been. So. You know, Giuseppe Camicoli, 
I don't think we, I don't think people respect that that him enough. He's he. I was talking about. Uh, he's a force. He is. He is. I mean, look, I know him from Hellblazer for years. Yeah. And then he went. and He did Spider Man. Apparently. Yeah. Yep. Uh, no, he, he it, did not. Apparently, he did. Yeah, I know. And, and like that was good. Like, right. He switched, and and now this. It's like, I mean, well, I, well, if I'm an artist like him, I'm I'm pretty happy. I get to keep switching up my genre. Well, what I think is more amazing about him. It isn't so much that he was, um, you know, that you know him from that and I know him from this, but for a long period of time, he was doing Spider-Man while also doing other stuff at the same, you know, like he, he did Batman Europa, he did, you know, like I'm just looking, I'm going back looking at his, uh, his stuff, but he, he was also getting other work in while keeping Spider-Man on, on track. Which I think, which which is impressive, you know. Which is like he's he's a yeah. he's a machine. Like if you if yeah. you go back and look at the stuff that comes out, he has multiple releases every month for the past couple of years because he just he just he grinds, you know. Like mm-hmm. I, I think he's really he's so he's somebody who I definitely you know back you know five years ago or so when he was in the middle of you know um, like he was on Dokken, you know, the Dark Wolverine. Uh-huh. Remember that right. character? Yeah, jeez. Um, you know, and, and, uh, when he was in, in the middle of the fear itself and all stuff like that, I was kind of, I was a little hard on him because I just didn't like what I was reading of him. But in this kind of case, like this doesn't, this doesn't remind me of any of his previous work. Like it's great but, to see but, him do straight fantasy. It's like, oh, but yeah. it does like, yeah. I don't know the way that he's putting down the lines looks completely different than how he used to yeah. with, uh, with Hellblazer. But at the same time, I don't know, like it's different for the application, but yeah. there's still that through line of his work. Um, it's great. He's really good. I, I'm kind of. I'm. I've always. I think I'm. I'm notching up my. Let's look out for this guy. Yeah. Meter yeah. on. Agreed. Um, and in terms of people that we look out for, uh, I just feel like every issue of Paramount Iron Fist by Sanford Green is a, is a gift. Y- honestly, the reason that I put this on here yeah. uh, was that I just. I feel like I. I don't I haven't looked, but I suspect. This won't go on forever, and we need to enjoy it now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I haven't checked the numbers, but I, I know how I know how history works. Right. And really good, really good, sort of slightly fringy stuff. You know, enjoy it while you can. Well, I mean, and but we're also in a in a different world, and may, you know, it's maybe true. it's it's a kind of thing where. You know, where this, especially with Luke Cage being successful on Netflix and all that sort of stuff, like, you know, where we can get a little more out of this than we would expect. I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm pulling up the la- the latest numbers uh, to see where it is. And, yeah, it, it's, you know, sold 22, uh, issue number eight, sold 22,000. So, I mean, not great. I mean, it's in not, it's just 104 out of the top 300. So it's I know, but it's going to be one of those things where... They're gonna go. Well, all right. Well, this this worked okay. What happens if we put so and so and then yeah. you know uh, Mike Diodato Jr. on it? Right. Yeah. Like that's gonna be what happens. <laughs> not. It's not that it's gonna get canceled. It's gonna be Jeff Lemire and Mike Diodato Jr. Yeah, I, I really don't think. Um, I don't think that would happen. I think that's that was a that was a hyperbole. Right. No, no, sure, it's hyperbole. Did. I think I think a lot of what this book what what this book is happening. What's happening on this book is f- through the, you know, David Walker and Sanford Green working together with every now and then Flaviano coming on. You know, like, honestly, like, it's it's really funny to see the kind of book, if you look at the books that we have been jiving on for the pa- this past year and talking. Did you about- use that term specific to this book? <laughs> no, I didn't. I just Because <laughs> I don't actually believe that's the correct usage of jive. <laughs> <laughs> true. But we've been enjoying, the books we've been enjoying. Don't speak jive, as it turns out. I just out. don't speak jive. I'm sorry. Um, uh, excuse me, I speak jive. Um, so <laughs> I need to watch movies every week. I, I need to watch that movie again, because that movie is, it's, it keeps coming up, and that is fantastic. I, it's just, just, I just, like, I'll, I'll watch that scene and go, is that okay? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, th- this is this book is very similar to a lot of the books that we've been enjoying this past year because they're the books that are aligned with the way that I believe well, – I know how I do, but I, I don't want to speak for you. But I believe the way we as a collective unit enjoy comics, which is a singular vision of a writer working with an artist and building something. And, and not and, a unique voice, a unique take. Exactly. Look. Yeah, exactly. And and that's why I don't think you'll get Mike Diodato on this issue or anything. Yeah. You know, like at least as long as David Walker's writing it. Um, sure. Now, whether or not it makes it to 12, 18, 24 issues, time will tell. But um, I mean, there, this is the first issue of a new story arc, so you could jump on board here if you haven't been reading it. And you know, Harlem Harlem is burning or Harlem burns or whatever the title is. And also, a big reveal at the end. 
yeah, uh, mm-hmm. for for Marvel fans that I actually got. I was like, oh, I know who that is. Yeah, yeah, that, um, was, a, that was a big. They, and they announced it at New York Comic Con. I mean, we we gave um, spoiler warning, but um, uh, one of the Runaways, uh, Alex. From, Alex Wilder. Yeah, Alex Wilder from the Runaways is is in the book and and putting together a supervillain uh, angle to it. So the new can pride. I, so. Can I tell you something? Like, I'm still upset about that. I loved that character, and I hate that he's a bad guy. I don't think it's the wrong choice. And I'm like, oh, man, that's it. Still stings a little. It resonated. It resonated. It does. It totally yeah. did. Because he yeah. was like, I was like, oh, I like that character. Yeah. And and they had to have somebody you know follow after their parents, which were all supervillains. Yeah. So uh, it's it's a little over the nerdy top at his little desk. With his, <laughs> that's how I roll D and D dice shirt. But <laughs> no, whatever. He gets the job done. But um, no, I thought I thought they came out of the the prison, you know, the last story arc with Iron <laughs> Fist in prison. I like the direction that they have now, and like what how that story arc is driving this story arc. And I mean, it's this is just solid, solid comic book. It's 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 really one of the best things I think that are at Marvel right now. Senior Magico came back as well. Yeah, I, I was very excited to see Senior Magico. Uh, so. Do you see Luis Alvarez? Because I do now. Maybe not Luis <laughs> Alvarez now. <laughs> But like twenty years ago, Luis Alvarez, Louis Louis, uh, Louis Guzman. That's it. Yeah, Louis, Louis Guzman. Alvarez. That's what you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Luis Guzman. <laughs> I think I was just I think I was just mixing up Oz things in my head. Yeah, possibly, possibly. But yeah, so because Guzman was on the same group as Alvarez, who was a character anyway. Right. Anyway, oh, Alvarez. Uh, so yeah, so Senior Magico is great. Power Man Iron Fist is fantastic. So definitely, uh, if you're looking for a new book, pick up this issue, new story arc. Just jump on board and just see how much fun it is and how great Sanford Green is on it. So. Yeah, you know, like he was able to get away with one of the things that bothers the shit out of me is opening the door and seeing all of the superheroes in a room. Yes. And I was like, I like seeing how he draws all these people, so I'm cool with that. Yeah. Except Nova looks very tiny. Yeah, it's all over the map. But it was fun. It was neat to see him. <laughs> it was neat to see him draw characters I wouldn't expect I'd ever see him draw. So that was yeah. kind of neat. So I'm not quite. I don't quite understand why they needed to all get together like that. Like it's like the, we need that to feels tell like you maybe a FaceTime thing they could have done. Yeah, exactly, or an email, or I don't know. Anyway, so. But but we got Senior Magico, so that's fine. So, um, and speaking of magic, we want to thank our sponsor for this episode. We want to thank Loot Crate. Um, you've heard us talk about Loot Crate already. Loot Crate is the awesome uh, mail order subscription box service where every month you get a awesome box of cool stuff. Um, if you are collecting all that epic gear, housewares, collectibles, Loot Crate's got it. Um, they offer an epic range of pop culture items for less than $20 a month. Um, and also, you know, the subscription box is pretty cool, but if you're looking for a little more, a little more, you know, oomph to your wardrobe, if you're a fanatical fashionista, as they say, you might want to check out Lootwear, which is their monthly wearables and accessories with cult classics and your favorite franchises. Um, and if that, all that isn't enough, you, and if you want to get the fancy bigger box, you can get even bigger loot with Loot Crate DX. Um, they've really got something for everybody here. So Loot Crate is awesome. Um, and not only that, they're continuing to bring the awesome in November. Uh, as we know, Dr. Strange came out, came out last week. You can go listen to our podcast about it. We'll talk about that later on. Um, and, and also Fantastic Beast is coming out, uh, the Harry Potter movie. So magic is in the air. Senior Magico was in Power Man and Iron Fist. Uh, so their theme for November is magical. Uh, Loot Crate has cast a powerful and ancient spell to deliver your November's crate featuring bewitching items from Dr. Strange, Fantastic Beast, and where to find them big trouble in little china and so much more uh but listen don't hesitate you've got until november 19th at 9 p.m pacific time to subscribe to get november's magical crate when it's over it's over no more crates you missed it uh you're you'll be on board for december's then uh but if you want to get the doctor strange and the fantastic beasts and all the other cool stuff you definitely want to go to lootcrate.com slash ifanboy enter code ifanboy and you can save three dollars off a new subscription that's just for ifanboy listeners go to lootcrate.com slash ifanboy enter code ifanboy and get in on the magic get it on the goods and, and it's not all, actually a crate. It's not a crate. I, mean, I, don't, I just want to be clear about yeah. it. It's a box. <laughs> it's not bad. That's not – I just – it's full though. I kept pulling more things out. It really like, was kind of like – it really is never-ending. I was like, oh, they, they, re- pack, they pack a lot in there. It's, yeah. Uh, um, and also stay tuned for later in this episode where we've got a fun uh, Loot Crate-related uh, giveaway later in the show. Um, and we thank Loot Crate for their support. Sorry. I was looking through my box. Crate. Your stuff. 
I'm putting it over there. Stay yeah. there. And I got a weird little, uh, what's his name from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre plushie looking at me. It's yeah. creeping me out. <laughs> Leatherface. Leatherface. I, that was it. I couldn't. There's every horror movie in there. So I was like, Michael yeah. Myers, no. Fred, no. Okay. Uh, Detective Comics number 944. Do you read these? Are you? I'm not, you I'm not reading Detective. I, I only know what Connor talks about. I guess Tim is dead, but he's not dead. Yeah, they, 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 they headed that off at the pass. Yeah. Like, everybody thinks he's dead, and it's been that way for a few months, but at the end of that first issue, they were like, we don't want to hear it. He's fine. Right. To the readers, basically. Um, so, like, it's a good book. This is one of my – it's one of my cutting, cutting – chopping block books where like, with a bunch of DC stuff, I think, do I want to keep reading this every week? And sometimes I stop reading them and forgot I stopped reading them and come back in and start reading them again, and I've done that a couple of times. Um, but it's really good. I just don't know – how good like i don't it's it's uh james Chan the fourth and, and eddie barrows i like eddie barrows a lot i kind of like what's going on here but i didn't so much like this i can't decide basically <laughs> so so and 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 not being able to decide you. you're just sticking with it <laughs> i did i keep i kept reading it this was one of the ones that when i got to the end of it i was kind of like i don't know if i want to keep reading this right but i'm guessing when it comes back around i will Okay. Although now Batwing is back, which I'd forgotten about Batwing. I forgot about Batwing. Yeah. Because uh, this is going to sound like they all sound this. They all look the same. It's not that. It's that I couldn't. I, I was like, oh, that's not Duke. And that's just because, just like a bunch of blonde white guys all look the same uh, in Remender's Secret Avenger story. I was like, wait, who's where'd he come from? Wasn't Duke in the other thing? But Duke's in the other book. Um, I don't know. I like. I don't know. I didn't. What do you people think? So go in. I never do this. Like, go in. Do you guys? Do people like this book? I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, if you like this book, do two things: either go to ifanboy.com and comment on this episode, and let us know, or tweet at ifanboy hashtag I like Detective Comics <laughs> hashtag Karen dies. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> like it's good. It's really yeah. well done. I just I can't decide if I want to keep going with it. That's my fault. That's my review of this. Right. right. Ah, it's just I don't I don't know. Right. I hear you. Is that a jock cover? I, they, it's funny because I because the, the DC and the digital stuff they've been including all the variants and it feels I Love. feel like Jock's been doing yeah because I get to see Jock art which is great so but um, I never know if it's an, the actual cover or a variant though. It's so. not Jock. It's uh, uh, Raphael Albuquerque. Yeah. Oh, he's just as good. Jeez. Yeah. So um, so in yeah, terms of fanboy guy is the assistant editor of this book. Oh, uh, Weeglaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Pretty cool, right? How did that happen? Yeah, good so, for you. Yeah, <laughs> there's a little, there's a little shout out for you. Yeah, um, I did notice that actually. Um, well, I used to answer questions on make comics to him. I guess it worked for him. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. So, uh, in terms of not being unsure on the fence of things, uh, Gerard Way's Young Animal imprint rolls on, and we got the last. Uh, new series, the number one of a new series this week with um, Mother Panic number one. Did you read this or are you, are no, you off? I'm I, can't, I'm, I don't care. All right, so here's the thing about Mother Panic. All right? As far as I could tell, it's a brand <laughs> new... See, I'm seeing like a 70s like rock band kind of thing. It's a great, that's a great title, by the way. Unlike the other young animal imprint, uh, young animal imprint books like Doom Patrol or Cave Carson or uh, what was the other one? Um... um. I don't remember it now. I'm blanking. Um, the, the girl. The oh, sh yeah, shade. Shade, the changing girl, yes. Those were all pre-existing um, uh, properties or characters. Mother Panic is a brand new character that they've uh -huh. created for this book that, that uh, Jody Hauser, Tommy Lee Edwards, and, and Gerard Way created for this. And Mother Panic lives in Gotham, and Batman's in this book. Huh. So... Where do these books fit? Like, and I know it's the continuity nerd in me and the freak. Yeah, I was about to it. say, like, shut up. Who cares? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I was like, oh, cool. Batman is going to feature in this book. Kind of neat. So, I, I don't know if it's like a Vertigo thing, or you know, I, I don't know. But um, you know, Jeez. good Tommy Lee Edwards art is good Tommy Lee Edwards art. I'll take it. I, I downloaded it to look at it because I didn't read it. But um, oh wow. Yeah. I just started. No, uh, two. Well, I was going to just mention about. Like you have to be really good to be able to go that loose. Yep. As Tommy Lee Edwards does. If you look at that first page, like some of that's just not even there. Yep. And who's this is wow. Even yeah, the coloring. 
The, like the, the coloring is is working with that style of art incredibly well too. That's yeah. a good looking book. So th- this is and it's a great character design. The Mother Panic costume is really interesting. Like nothing else that's out there. Like oh, he th- colored himself. Okay, um, this is something that I would like to see like in the Batman universe. Yeah. Right. Like I hope this character exists outside of this young animal thing because this looks really cool. It's a good character design too. Yeah, really good character design. Good good book. Good origin. You John know, Workman. It's a yeah, of course. Yeah, I saw Workman. Huh? Look at that. Yeah. Look at Lork. Look at Workman's lettering, man. Yeah. Yep. And then you got you got a backup by Jim Kruger and Phil Hester. Yep. With art by Andy Parks. Oh, good stuff. Inks by Andy Parks. Yeah, and color just Yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, no. It's this is this is a, this is possibly the best of the bunch. If you ask. So me. I should probably read this. this is, I just flipped into this. Made me want to read it. Yeah. I would. Wow. I, I would tell you because it's because it it takes place in Gotham and it's got enough hooks. That you're familiar with what's going on, but it's it's weird and odd enough that it fits under the young young animal imprint. Like it's yeah. really 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 interesting. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend checking it out because it is. Right. I mean, I think of these books, this is the one that like I'm definitely gonna stick with just because it's like way like doing everything right. Um, so you've also got Doom Patrol listed here. How do we feel about that? This issue was great. Oh really? This issue was great. Um, you know the the Nick Darrington art uh, is like I'm starting to connect with more so by the time we got to this third issue. Um, I still don't know what the hell's going on. It's still kind of getting the team together. Um, but the 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 woman EMT um, uh, Casey, I believe Casey, yeah, Casey's her name, um, is in this weird world with Flex Metallo, uh, Flex Metallo and goes on this odd kind of journey. And in the middle of the book, all of a sudden, it, it's she walks into he, she's in Danny World, which is inside Danny's head. I don't know what what that is, but she walks into a comic book store and picks up an issue of Danny comics, and the comic turns into the comic she's reading, and it's way old Jim Rugg esque style old comp storytelling in old comic format. Yeah, it, it just looked it looked beautiful. It was like a couple pages of that that were just awesome and drew me in. Um, and you know, like and like I said, I don't know what's going on, but this just looked beautiful. And you got a great uh, eight panel or seven panel uh, Niles Calder uh, comic strip again, which is funny. Like it's, it, it, I I understand that this is going to read great in trade, so it's harder in the issues. So I'm trying to give it the benefit of the doubt. But this was the strongest issue of the of the run so far. So, cool. Yeah. So good. Thumbs up on Young Animal this week. Um, I didn't read Flash, so you okay. Can well, the, well, the, the the reason why I want to talk about the Flash number ten is uh, Josh Williamson still writing at ten issues already. Um, Felipe Wantanabe is the an art, so we still don't have uh, Carmine Dingimenico, who who I find myself really missing. Um, but uh, if you take a look at this issue, you'll see that they never call him by name, but it looks as if um, uh, Shade is the villain in the next arc. And, really? Yeah, and I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, yeah, that's I, on, him. On one on one hand, and they gave him like all like sharp teeth and all these like goblin things. So it's like I don't know if it's a different interpretation of Shade or whatever. And on one hand, I want to say that only James Robinson should be able to write this character, but I know that you can't do that. Um, and and then on the other hand, bravo to Josh Williamson for having the balls to go after it. Well, um, I mean, like I know he's a fan. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's like he's going to be one of those fans of that run. Yep. Uh, just because of who he is, and it looks like it's a you know it is a different inter- maybe it's just you know there was maybe they'll save Shade yeah you know or or, or something yeah it's still, it's still unknown what exactly it's gonna end I know up I want to read this too yeah see I actually go. like I like the Watanabe art I think it fits it's really nice for a Flash yeah um huh. yeah so it's it's uh see it, this is the thing is I keep trying to drop off some of these and then I'm like oh, that is kind of interesting and it's not like a game amazing work but it's right. you know it's just enough to it's just enough to draw you in you know yeah yeah it's like there's so many of those comics right now that yep. you, you gotta yep yeah so um well yeah so that's gonna wrap up the books that we that we read this week and we're interested but every week our loyal patrons can pick a book that they want us to talk about and uh, for for about a month there, we had neck and neck. We had like five books that were one vote apart and things like that. This week, it was an overwhelming victory uh, for Violent Love by Frank Barbieri and Victor Santos. This is a number one issue coming out of Image Comics. Had a lot of hype coming out of this release. Um, Josh, what did you think of it? It was long. Yeah, it was. I was like, how long is this thing? I was like, oh, it's like a 40-pager kind of thing or 32 yeah. or whatever. Um, 
I I think that they were going for a thing where it was a little melodramatic and it was a little over the top and done on purpose. Yeah. And I don't know that that worked for me entirely. Like it would be it was like a little kind of like a telenovela where everybody over emoted a lot and everything was really um, kind of spelled out for right. us. And I think that that was supposed to be like uh, time. It was supposed to be reflective of the time that the story would have happened, which would have been 1969, which been, would have been more like the storytelling of the time. Right. But I don't know that that worked for me all that well. Yeah. I think it was – I know you're probably going to describe this story, but I, I, I think it was a little on the nose. Yeah, I think. it was. De- I mean, it was definitely on the nose. I mean, it's more of a. It definitely reminded me of a true romance kind of. I mean, because it's called violent love, but the idea yeah. of you know, like a you know, like but without know. that spark, right? Yes, it felt a little. And a middle, it, it spent a lot of time explaining. I think how we're going to get to the next issue. That I really there, there's a bit in the beginning where I so I open it up. I start flipping it, and you've got one, two, three four pages before there's any dialogue and with i was reading that i was like awesome yeah like i was like like own it do the storytelling set me up that way and then you have this this guy just explain the shit out of everything for another three or four pages before they get to tell the story right and i know that he was sort of talking down to the girl but i also felt like they were kind of talking down to me but i don't i think that was intentional i just don't know that it worked right um and it was really Oh, I don't. Uh, it was it was a bit derivative. A little bit, yeah. It was a lot derivative. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was it was. It's, and obviously, this person, you know, they have this, they have many of the same interests that I do. I can see that. Right. But it was like repackaging those things and be like, huh, this. Right. Yeah, this. Um, I so I I really wanted to like it and I liked a lot of things about it, but ultimately. I don't. I don't think it worked that well. Yeah, and and I I I got the sense that it was ambitious. Um, yes, and I got the sense that right out of the gate, I love the title, I love the look of it, I love the cover. The um, cover is pretty promising. Yeah, it's stunning. I, I like I, for the most part, I liked what Victor Santos did on the on the visuals. Um, yeah, and I, I would think say that's right. And I, I think that, but but I think that Victor San, Santos suffered also in the same way that Barbieri suffered in that it got ambitious and didn't quite nail it on a couple of those big double page spreads. Mm-hmm. It got a little murky and it got a little all over the place and I had a hard time following the flow. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I, 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 I think that if you, from the sense that I get from the cover and from the imagery that was put out there, it's a Bonnie and Clyde, true romance esque kind of couple and what kind of happens from there. And if they're not together in the first issue, like, the, like I, I would, I wanted to see them together in the first issue. You know, um, yeah, maybe this is one of the things where like they did a really big long issue, but maybe if they just cut it down to the bone a little more, right. it would have and, and worked I, a little better. I know we've talked about it and it's come up in in the comics parlance, but like the whole you know starting somewhere and then flashing back or whatever. But yeah. in this case, I think it might have helped it um, in, right. instead of just stretching out the what happens and what happens. You know, the the girl there's the girl and she wants to go to college, but she can't. Her dad's working and her dad gets in with a bad crowd. She goes to college she, and she finds out and she gets mad. And she goes to college and then he get he gets away from them and wants to reunite with her. But then the bad people use that to get to like it was just it it just felt too protracted. Well, so. they fucked with Johnny Nails, yeah, which is a great name. So no, give, it, it, see, yeah. it was until we found out that Johnny Nails' thing was to nail you to yeah, something. True. <laughs> I was like, oh, I see. He nails you because he's Johnny yeah. Nails. Yeah. I did. I, I mean, I like, and I like that. I like that Barbieri and Santos are being ambitious. I, that, I think they should, and maybe something great can come out of this. It's just like the first issue was like, uh, it's like I felt as if it it didn't really pay off on the on the promise. So, mm. uh, yeah. So that said, ratings, ratings, ratings. What, what was your rating, Josh? Three, three. Uh, I give it a, a three. bad rating. No, it's not a bad rating. It's average. I give it a three point five. Um, yeah. Are you gonna stick with it? Maybe. Yeah. Like. I like. I, I think when the next issue comes out, I'm gonna gonna check it out because yeah. I think, you know, a TV show, a great TV show, the pilot's always not always great. A lot of times it isn't good. 
Yeah. And and it might be trying to find its feet. And if it does find its feet, I think it could be interesting. Yeah. Li- likewise. I mean, I, I think I think that there's potential here. Um, I like the ambition of it, and maybe they got to work it out. And by a certain point, it will be. Um, you know, it, it could be it could be as good as the the cover. Hopefully, <laughs> makes it seem to be. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. All right, so uh, that was the book that the patron the patrons decided we were going to talk about, and you can get in on the action. You can become an iFanboy uh, patron over at patreon.com slash iFanboy, patreon.com slash iFanboy, where you can vote on the books every week. And, of course, we like to thank uh, a handful of patrons every week for helping to support iFanboy, and the way we do it in our own special way is uh, we give we give some superpowers out. We're handing out superpowers. I got a, We got a whole bag of superpowers. We're handing them out. Uh, <laughs> Wait, you got a bag? I got a bag. You do have a bag. I'm just like, I'm looking around. I'm like a bolt. It touches bolts. Uh-huh. All right. So, Josh, given that, why don't you lead us off? First up, Christopher Miller. He touches bolts. No. Um, <laughs> Christopher Miller, he can he can diagnose any health problem. But he doesn't know. Yeah, he doesn't know how to fix it or what it works. He can just look at you and be like diverticulitis. <laughs> So when you're like, yeah, I don't know if like I pulled a muscle or if it's sciatica or whatever, he can be like sciatica. And the yeah, and the problem is though that like he's not a doctor, so he can't do anything about it. And you've got to go to the doctor and be like, well, yeah, this guy Chris Miller, he said I have diverticulitis. Right. And the doctor's gonna be like, well, we still have to do tests. And you're like, no, no, that guy's he's got it. And, you know, it's it's a double edged sword, is what I'm getting at. Well, as we're finding, a lot of these are fraught with peril as they, what they come with. Yeah. So, oh. I mean, he has no medical training, right? None. Right. Right. So, None. does does he have to touch you to diagnose you, or is it a sense sensory thing? I'm gonna. I think he's he's just looking you over. Yeah. He doesn't have to. He's not. He's not laying your hands on you like a preacher. Okay. okay. <laughs> so it's it's some sort of sensory, like an aura kind of thing. Yeah. 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 He's oh, it's pink eye. Some are easier than others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your, your, your eyes pink. Pink eye. Oh, well, basically, God. it's like cure to hypochondriasm. Okay, all right. All right. You don't have cancer. <laughs> well, that's, that's basically what it comes down to. Just, Stop looking all... <laughs> on WebMD. You don't have cancer. You can tell everybody that they don't have yeah. cancer. Yeah, so that's a good power. Oh, ooh. Uh, <laughs> oh, actually. Uh, <laughs> Oh, God. All right. So there you go. Um, All right. So next up is Chris Cox. And uh, Chris Cox has the ability to, much like Madrox, create duplicates of himself. Except that uh, there's there's a hitch to it. You're just going to copy. And and is that they are... uh, It's... it. uh, He loses intelligence with the number of duplicates. Doesn't okay. Madrox also do that? No, Madrox never did that. Madrox is fine. Madrox, they were just complete duplicates. Um, but so, like, if he makes one duplicate, each duplicate only has fifty percent of his intelligence. Now, that's not how multiplicity worked either. No, multiplicity was each copy was a degradation. <laughs> Wasn't that the same thing? No, no, no. Because the first one was still solid, and the fourth one was oh. dumb. Oh, I In see. In this particular case, he Chris Cox makes a duplicate, and he's each duplicate has 50% of his of his mental ability. You are he, really... He makes a third one, it's 33%. You're really he, slicing this. He makes fourth one, it's 25%. So, while it's tempting to make a bunch of duplicates of yourself to go out there, how functional will they be? So, there's a limitation uh. in there. There's, there's a constraint in there. <laughs> like, if they work together, is it like having the one person who's smart? Sure, if they're all together, yeah. It's all on the okay. same wavelength and that sort of thing. Should we but, do that thing? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but if that guy goes in the other room, you're sticking your finger in a socket. It's right, not- pretty much, yeah, pretty much. So, <laughs> stay near. I like the idea of powers with constraints. So there you go. I think I think we found like what our thing is because that's that's the opposite of comic books. Is comic books are always like unlimited, yeah, yeah. And someone says, "Well, what about?" No, don't worry about that. <laughs> we're worried about that. Yeah, we're worried about these things. All right, up next. I am reluctant to give Jimmy So a power. Uh, why? His name is fantastic already, and I've sort of thought of a, a character. I don't know, Jimmy So. I feel like I would meet him in an alley, and he would have information for me. Okay. Um, Jimmy So will always deliver news to you that you don't want to hear. <laughs> like that he, like you have cancer. <laughs> well, like it's like it's, it's like true information. Like he he'd be great. Like he's like an oracle. Okay. But 
but like it's always like bad news. Okay. So you like you don't want to run into him. Yeah. Like, like miss your credit card payment. What? Oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> All right. Um, and our last patron that we want to give a power to is Brad Hunziker. And uh, Josh, I'm going to sum up Brad's power with one word. Okay. Seasonings. <laughs> I think I've thought of this. <laughs> Brad can combine the perfect season seasoning mix for any meal that needs to be made. Any any uh, cuisine, any regionalness or whatever, you're looking for a jambalaya, Brad can give you a, season, a seasonings, seasonings mix. Wow. <laughs> so you'd be like, I have six pounds of chuck. Yep. <laughs> you'd be like, all right, cup of cayenne. Yeah, yeah, he he can get it. He 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 gets it together. Whether it's Italian or Spanish or Caribbean, he knows exactly. Because sometimes, I mean, do I use rosemary? Do we use rosemary? I don't know. Why do I use rosemary? And you know, like these are the these are the things you need to figure out how to mix them. So. Is it to taste, or is it supposed to be like this? Just works in general, or is it who's eating it? Oh, that's uh. Cheryl's eating it. Oh, she doesn't like spicy stuff, so we're gonna do it this way. Oh, oh, it's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, no, no. I think it's just more. No, I don't think it's too personal preference. No, it's an empirical. It's an empirical. It's it's a you know like okay, if you want to make the right chicken marsala, here's the spice mix you need. Uh, right. Yeah, for the breading. You know, so he can't he can't control whether or not you you don't like spicy or not. You know, he's just gonna oh. give you. Yeah. So. So like, if my wife doesn't like cilantro. Yeah, no, he's gonna use. He's SOL. Yeah, yeah. Because exactly. that's where it's what's supposed to be there. Yep. I I I I gotta say the best thing to come out of these superpowers is just the window to our souls. <laughs> it's just like I'm like this is the guy who's gonna give you bad news. <laughs> this is the guy who's gonna tell you you have cancer. Like that's the week I'm having. <laughs> and, I'm, and, and I'm just, just like I wonder how I can make my food taste right. <laughs> so. Anyway, so you can get it on the action. If you want a uh, superpower, you can help support iFanboy. You can go to patreon.com slash iFanboy. You can sign up to become a patron for as little as a dollar. Um, we've got rewards. And I want to let everyone know, all of our remaining patrons who are waiting on uh, their rewards to be delivered, everyone has been mailed. So you should be, those wow. of you who haven't gotten it yet, as of yet, should be getting it uh, within the week um, of listening to this podcast. And so uh, if you haven't, get in touch, let us know. Maybe you got lost in the mail, we'll figure it out. But everything has been mailed, so everybody should be getting theirs. Um, and we thank everybody for the support. We are so close to our next uh, goal of $2,000 a month where we're going to bring back the iFanboy t-shirt shop with a new exclusive t-shirt. Um, so if you're thinking about joining up, now is the time to do it. Um, and if you don't want to sign up to be a patron, that's fine. You can go to ifanboy.com support where you can find a link to our uh, Amazon uh, kind of affiliate thing where if you just click on that link, anything you buy from Amazon, we get a little cut of it. We thank everybody who does that. And if you want to uh, donate to us directly, you can still do that via PayPal on ifanboy.com support. And we thank everybody for your support. Rad. Uh, so we got some questions. Uh, Greg B. from Oakland. Okay says, I'm trying to get into the Inhumans, and I find Ooh. the stories to be entertaining. However, Ooh. I'm not catching on to the theme of the Inhumans. The mutants stand in for minorities, LGBTQ, Hydra equals Nazis, but what are the Inhumans? I've been thinking about this since Hickman's Secret Wars started. <sighs> That's a long time. That's good. That's it's nice thinking, time. Greg. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what the allegory for Inhumans are. I tried to look it up. Okay. And I didn't get anywhere, but I think we got onto something with this is just Jack Kirby's id. You think so, it's a really? Redhead. No, I, I mean, I think. Oh, be, having great power, but not being able to speak? Wow. Think about that, right? Wow. Of course, like a, 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 a curvy lady with lots and lots and lots of red hair, which we previously, previously established was his thing. Right. Was Roz a redhead? Probably not. Oh. Uh, no, I don't think so. No, it wouldn't be. Yeah. It wouldn't be his wife. Um, that's his fantasy. <laughs> I know. That's why I said probably not. Um, oh, that's horrible. Um, yeah, like, like the. I don't know. Like, it just feels like it. Honestly, it feels a little like what we were just doing with the superpowers. Yeah. Like it comes out of it doesn't. I don't. I don't feel like it's one of those things where this isn't the part where Kirby was trying to be socially aware and i don't think that was him so much i think that was more actually stan well but if you think of, i mean but if you think about it i mean there's the question of what were the inhumans when they started and what are the inhumans now right and i'm thinking and, of it in terms of then right and, and 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 that's and unfortunately that's not what greg's asking because they're asking now and what greg's the answer is is that they want the inhumans to be the x-men they want and i think 
that that is the difference, and that is why it isn't working in, 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 to some of us. Why right. it feels like it rings false, right? Is it what it was foisted on it rather than because the you know the, the, the whole the whole, and going back to back then, what the Inhumans were were the Inhumans were a secret civilization that was monarchy based, where people happen to have powers and. Everybody goes through the terogenesis, and that's why they get it's you know it's kind of a coming of age thing. But it was much more regal, and it was accepted. But it was an outsider. It's an entire civilization of outsiders who were not raised to think that they were wrong, and that's the difference between the X Men, who are people who are humans who then get their mutant powers at puberty and then are told that they're wrong, right? Yeah, that they no longer fit in. Exactly. Yeah, and you know. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and that's why the Inhumans now are not working, because the X-Men already fill that void, and the Inhumans, if you want to know what the Inhumans are, the Inhumans are just confusing. It's true that, like, I hadn't ever thought of it that way. They don't really have a thing to lock us down in the way that they did, because the way that they did before was they were a, they were a thing that was other. Right. And they were mysterious and 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 interesting. And, you know, like, that is the beginning of Jack working towards what he would do like the kind of work he would do after he'd sort of established that seminal superhero work. So they came out, uh, Fantastic Four 48. So they'd been doing the kind of superhero stuff for a while. And Jack was really just starting to branch out yep. in sort of his thinking and the stuff that he wanted to do. And, you know, that, that culminates later with the fourth world and all that, all that, uh, you know, dark side and apocalypse and neogenesis stuff. And I think like, this is the first step towards that. It's like this, he's trying to imagine another kind of society. Yeah within the superhero context. And so I don't know that there's an allegory. Right. Is it's almost like him like how do I break out of superheroes into this fantasy almost, you know, you know, kings and queens kind of thing. Yeah. But it's just wild wacky shit, which obviously had a lot of id sort of in the the powers that he designed for people. And, and again, like, like Karnak is the perfect example of like a character who like I wish I could fix things. Right. Or, yeah. or so, no, he can't fix things. He sees the imperfections. I know, but see the things. problem. Yeah. Yes, the yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's weird because why the Inhumans aren't working now, I, I think, has a lot to do with the with the just it being foisted on and it not having the cultural stigma that mutancy did because it's like this dumb cloud is floating around the earth and people like want it, right? People are running to it to find out if they're an Inhuman. Like being an Inhuman is cool. You know, and it just and that that doesn't build any tension. And also, when you become an inhuman, you get taken in. Yeah, and you join by their this, society, and yeah. they protect you, and you are one of them, and it's great. Whereas the mutants were all just like, oh, I don't want to be part of this group, but right. I am, and exactly. I can't help, and no one likes me. Yeah, exactly. That's so much stronger. Yep, it so. really is. When we look at it in those terms, I don't think I have. Yeah, at least in the role that they're playing now. Right. I mean, for me, when I think of when I think of when I close my eyes and I think of mutants, I think of the imagery from Marvels of the original X-Men in like, and it's dark out and you just see the red from Cyclops's visor and it's like kind of mysterious, you know, and like, and a crowd that's afraid. Like that's the imagery of mutants, right? You know what mine is? What? It's Kitty Pride getting her powers in the Dark Phoenix saga and she's sad and she falls to the floor and she and goes into the house. Yeah. I love like, that. That's a, that was great. Like yeah. that's what, that's what I think of like, yeah. oh, this is amazing and it happened to me, but it's making my life so much harder and yeah. I don't want Right, yeah, that that's a great imagery. I mean, I was going for more the the uh, in a world that fears and hates them kind of thing. Yeah. With with Inhumans, I close my eyes and I think of Inhumans, and it's a throne room and Black Bolt on a throne and Medusa next to him and Lockjaw and like these strange looking alien esque yeah. people, you know. And and the humans there like is is to try to work with that system, which is difficult. Right. Yeah. 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 And that's not cool. So that's why Inhumans are cool. I mean, it's cool. I don't. You know, like. Let's not let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater, in a cloud of terrigen. Right. <laughs> you know, there's it's cool. Yeah. It had been for a long time, but it's they're they're wringing the cool right out of it. Yeah. All right, we got time for time for one more. <laughs> Jeremy from San Antonio, Texas, writes in and says, while listening to episode five fifty six in your discussion of Green Arrow double shipping, you all mentioned double shipping devalues the art. I agree having a consistent artist is preferable, although a book with two artists I love is also nice. It seems that double shipping has resulted in steady employment for more artists, artists than previously. Oh, you want to go that angle. What are your thoughts? Could double shipping be beneficial to the individual artists? 
Well, yes. I mean, when you, when you do it like that, I don't want anyone to not have work. But. It's true. Like, I was thinking about it. Like, it, it absolutely creates more work. It doubles the available work. Yeah, which is great. I mean, which is, which is good for the industry. And that, that, that is a good angle. That, and and I, I, believe, I believe that the, the multiple artists can be done on a single title to benefit it, but not the way it's going on Green Arrow. I mean, for a, for a while, Marvel was trying to do the artist on an arc, different artist on the next arc, like, you know, swapping arcs. Like, I just yeah. want, con- I just want consistency. Um, we, I mean, to be fair, we are talking about it in a completely high-minded, snobby way. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Um, it, you know, from a practical sense, yeah, it gives people more work, and that's kind of rad because there's so many talented people, and it's so hard to break into comics that it's good. But at the same time, you got to remember that those comics are all being bought by the same people. Yeah. The same number of people. So they're more or less pay you know people are now paying double yeah or you know or or, so, or somebody's making less it's it's like uh it's like ron's du- duplicates right <laughs> they're all getting stupid yep. no that's that's too sorry <laughs> just gonna go ahead and walk that back <laughs> oh, God. But, the so, main, but the point remain it dilutes the the field a little yeah i mean i, I think it, dil- it dilutes the field but i think i think if anything it dilutes the story um that, yeah you know, and and that that's where I'm coming from from a from more of a story point and less of an economic workforce kind of point. And you're right; it's I mean, more product is more jobs for people, which is great, and and I am in support of that. I would just like the thing is, is that like when you get really really excited about an artist, and then that artist isn't on the book, you get really sad, and that, and you can minimize that by having the artist on the book. The so, other thing is like this doesn't lead to more. This isn't like a bring in new readers kind of thing. This is get people to buy more stuff. Right. Exactly. And that's I, – I don't like that as a – like that doesn't seem like a good growth model. Right. Well, I Just, mean – I mean I, it is, but there's a there's a limit. Yeah. And you end up with people like me and it's not even about money. It's just like how many of these things do I have to pay attention to and remember? Like I don't want to read 20 books in a week. It's too many. Right. And that's a choice you – I mean everybody makes their own personal choices with this stuff. So Yeah. We all make choices. We all make choices. Well, that's uh, your emails. Thanks for writing in, folks. And you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. Uh, let us know where you're from, who you are, where you're from, how long you thought about this. Uh, what else do they need to tell us? Keep it short. Right? Yeah, I think right. that covers Yeah. We had, a, we had one from somebody who was like, I'm a new listener. And I was like, that's why you wrote eight paragraphs, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Keep it brief. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I've used the, you can still check out uh, my Talksplode interview podcast with Mark Russell of uh, last week's Pick of the Week, Flintstone number five, and the yeah. Pick of the Week, Flintstone's number four. Before that, it really is a thing. I've heard lots of really good things about people who uh, – I hear things – about people who listened to it and said it said it was uh, yeah it was it was to. it was great and and I think it opened a lot of people's eyes up to the work and better understood where it's coming from and yep. and yeah check out Flintstones the last last week's issue was great that was a good yep. pick so and uh, it, it, the, the reason that we have talks explodes uh, is because uh, of the patrons which we talked about oh, earlier I completely forgot about I teased the patron thing I completely forgot about that so well, um uh, can I finish this part sorry finish that part go right ahead yeah. There's gonna be a book explode coming up because of that same thing uh, in the next this month. This month? Yeah, it's this month. This month. We gotta get on that. It's like late in the month. I know. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna do it next. But yeah, but the the patrons are definitely the ones that are gonna drive the uh, that that are driving what we're doing. Um, and it's nice that uh, they they we met a goal and then we do the the extra book explode per month. Yeah. Um, uh, also, and- there. Yeah. There, also, there's a the, you guys did Doctor Strange show. Yep. Doctor Strange show. You and Mike Romo. Uh, cause the rest of us don't care. No, that, there's, there's, there's extenuating circumstances. Uh, so the Doctor Strange show is coming out and, and I don't remember if this Batman show came out or is coming out. Not, I believe. Yeah. The, the new bat, the new Batman, uh, animated, uh, return of the Cape Crusader. Uh, I believe at some point will be discussed by the anima- animation brain trust. That's basically a placeholder to say, don't ask. We know we're going to get it to you when we can. Right. And, um, and additionally, uh, now that Doctor Strange is out, the next movie coming up that we'll be talking about is Star Wars Rogue One in December. So uh, start building that train of excitement. Um, That's but a terrible metaphor. Going back to the uh, to the patrons, uh, and again, we want to thank our lovely uh, sponsor, Loot Crate, and we want to thank the patrons for supporting us. So we are live on the show, going to pick a patron who is going to receive a Loot Crate free from us, uh, from me specifically. So, Josh, I would like you to pick a number between 1 and 348. 
I don't see because I automatically just wanted to be funny and be like three, but I don't think that that's good. Let's see. Uh, 146. 146. All right. So Travis, uh, no last name. He is the winner of the Loot Crate. I'm going to email you, get your address and mail it to you, and thank you for your support of iFanboy. So His last go. name also. There's no last name. Oh. No, it's just Travis. Well, he, I, he has one. You got to ask He has one. He didn't, he didn't give us it. So. If you're going to mail something, though. Yeah, I got to email him, so we'll find out. So, um, All right, cool. Well, thank you again. Uh, go to iFanboy.com slash support. Find the link to Patreon, Amazon, do whatever you want. Support us there. And at iFanboy.com, that's where you can find the, the post about this show, where you can comment it. Tell everyone if you're reading Detective Comics and if you like it or not, as well as any of the other comic books we talked about this week. Um, and there you can find links to the Doctor Strange and the Mark Russell Talksplode and all the other great shows. Um, and you can follow us for now on social media at Facebook.com slash iFanboy. Um, we're on Twitter at iFanboy. And you can follow us individually. Josh is at JA flanagan uh i am at ron xo i'm opening my freddy krueger chopsticks just while we do that you just want those little burnt hands on your food neat though uh so you can if you like this show you like uh you like what we do here you think you know the, oh man i need more jamokes in my life well then you should help us by making sure you leave a review in itunes or spreading the word about uh about the podcast about the shows about the episodes i heard a great interview with so and so and you should listen to it here that kind of thing uh and the people who do we we appreciate it very much that is uh that's literally our entire uh advertising schema yeah so is that so we, you know we need you for that and uh thanks very much to everybody who does and that is going to do it Yes, so until next week when I believe all three of us will be back together, uh, I'm Ron. And I'm Josh, and we managed to fill another hour. Everybody knows That's how it goes Everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows that's how it goes Oh, everybody knows Everybody